0: Broadcast
1: system. Hello and welcome to the 156th annual Submit Session Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit. My name is Cody. I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you?
0: Doing good, buddy. How about yourself?
1: Not doing too bad. I got a question for you because I have a bone to pick with a company here. Okay. Have you ever ordered glasses online on like a website?
0: No, I, uh, I'm old-fashioned. I i can't anything like clothing or like personal like that. I just go straight to the store. <laughs> Choose especially.
1: <laughs> glasses are significantly cheaper if you order online. But I ordered from a website called Zenni. Uh, okay. Cheaper frames, you know, when it's all said and done for my blind ass. Glasses were like, I think 70 bucks. Right. Okay. I was stoked. The pair that I'm literally wearing right now are probably, I would say 12 to 13 years old, very outdated. And when I got them finally in the mail, I'm excited. I'm like, man, I can have my updated prescription uh, and and all of that good stuff. They're kind of slick looking. I put them on. I'm like, something seems just a little off here. And I'm like, wince in my eyes. Right. And I'm like, motherfucker, my right lens is my prescription and the left one is like very off. So it's like they got one side right and one side wrong. And then the worst part is you try to work with customer service and they kind of act like it's your fault, which is always fun to deal with. So I'm like, I don't have a factory where I make glasses in my house, Mr. Whoever you are. I just want you to help.
0: That's you, assholes. You're the one who sent me one fucking lens that was mine and one lens that was an an old man who probably lives in fucking Wisconsin.
1: (laughs) You know what's funny, though? They kept asking for proof of my prescription and all this and that, and I had to mail the glasses back, and they're like, can you include a copy of your prescription? Well, with our printer that we have for uh, Subliminal Deception here, I forgot to change the settings once I... (laughs) had the picture there so it was literally the prescription on an entire giant piece of paper and i just kind of like folded it up and put it in there so so they'll definitely know what it says on my prescription
0: card here so you blind motherfuckers can read this (laughs) (laughs) Make it the entire page so yeah i
1: would recommend glass shopping online glasses shopping maybe not from Zenny. i did not have a good experience
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. No, that's the reason. That is the exact reason why I just basically went to like a lens crafter's place and just get it there. Get it get it all done. So
1: probably what I should have done. Ah, uh, Phil, you yeah. had something that you wanted
0: to talk about, right? Oh yeah. Actually, it's well, it's kind of interesting, like c- goes along with the conspiracy. So one of the guys I worked with actually uh, goes on a site. He's he's pretty big into planes, and he goes on a site quite recently called flightradar24.com. And we were kind of talking about some of the places around the country that have, like, weird flights. And I told him, like, oh, you should look over where Area 51 is. So I told him, like, kind of, like, where it's supposed to be. And we actually found it. Um, They don't actually, uh, like, blur it out anymore. I guess they're not too worried about people seeing, like, the secret stuff. So you can see it all. You can see, like, where the runway, like, runs over Groom Lake and all of that. So that was pretty cool. And he was actually wondering like, how do they get people to, who work there like in and out? Cause like, he's like, where do they live? Do they live on site? And I told him, I was like, no, no, actually the, the theory is that they have this airline that flies out of Vegas. It's called Janet airline. It stands for just another non-existent terminal, kind of like an inside joke. And he's like, oh wait, did you say Janet? Like the girl's name, Janet. And I was like, yeah. And so he's like, oh, I actually saw a plane that said something like that. So he looked and just, Just outside of Vegas, there was a flight. It was called Janet 29. Really? Yeah. And then he actually found two more flights that had the the prefix before the number Janet. Like that's basically like the airline usually is right there. So that means like those Janet flights, this one was actually coming from, it was like the Tonopah testing site or testing, whatever. That's where it was coming from. And it was going to Vegas. There was another one that kind of just like appeared like it's transponder turned on in the middle of the desert. And then it was going to Vegas. So you wouldn't know exactly like where it was coming from.
1: That's that's very interesting. I think you brought that up when or did I cover that one?
0: Area 51. Yeah, we talked about the, the Janet Terminal. See, I remember a long time ago
1: on like those 90s, early 2000s, like mystery alien shows, Yeah, they had somebody who claimed they work there and they were bust in and then I think they're blindfolded and busted bust in and then bust out to like a location and then they could go
0: home. That's what that show said. But I think the plane probably makes more sense. Yeah, most of what I've heard was basically just a plane flying them in and out. So because
1: what would the flight even be from Vegas to there? Probably not very
0: long, right? Oh yeah. Not like less than an hour. It's just basically a hop, you know?
1: Well, maybe Janet is a real thing then.
0: Well, yeah, it, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. It was funny because I just, I mentioned it offhand, hand kind of thinking like, Oh, we'd never be able to find it. And then it's like, Oh, I had just, while he was looking for area 51, he happened to see a couple, like one plane that had Janet. And then we found two more. So
1: <laughs> it's the internet, man. You can find fucking anything now.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Ah, uh, but, uh, Phil, you want to uh, you want to dive in that speaking of this, I guess dive in the episode here.
0: Yeah, so uh basically speaking about you know airplanes and shit like that. Now keeping with the same general topic that we undertook last week when we discussed the mystery of Malaysian Airlines flight 370 and what may have led to the odd circumstances of its disappearance over the Indian Ocean. This week, we will be discussing a more recent plane crash, which included actual CCTV footage of the harrowing seconds before the nightmarish crash. This flight's demise would leave the people of China and the rest of the world in shock and keep investigators perplexed when asking the question, what could have caused the crash of China Eastern Airlines flight MU-5735?
1: I don't think I have ever heard
0: of this or maybe I don't think I have. Okay, this actually happened very recently. Just happened a couple of months ago.
1: You know what the problem is though? I <laughs> don't really have news anymore. So unless I look through Reddit like the news pages, I'm really out of the loop.
0: Yeah, I'm uh I'm not huge into the news anymore, but I actually have sanitized my life from the uh the media. So I don't have that problem anymore <laughs> with the, the poisoning.
1: Um, what was it going to say here? So are you familiar with the, the clothing brand Shein or no, the company Shein? No. So it's Chinese. It's actually a very popular clothing company because the clothes are kind of cheap. It might take you like three weeks to a month to get them, but you can get a shirt for like five bucks. That's kind of a designer ish shirt, you know, but apparently, and I haven't looked this up. People are finding like their tags. Will say like help me on it. <laughs> Almost like <laughs> the I don't yeah. I don't know if they're just fucking with them or it is China, so they're probably working in some not very great factories and such, but uh yeah.
0: it might eerie. not be their choice to work then. Let's just Yeah. Say. Yeah. A little eerie though. Definitely. Yeah. You you do see a lot of documentaries about um, working conditions in China, and a lot of those people are basically forced to live in tenements on the the site of the factory. So they're forced to basically pay rent to the company they work for. They're also forced to work at, to buy from their company stores, and they're not allowed to, you know, quit. Basically, they they're almost like indentured servants, pretty much.
1: So they're just experiencing the earth, early 1900s America uh, yes. in China right now, basically.
0: Yeah, pretty much before the progressive era. That's yeah. exactly how United States was, especially for people doing um, like menial factory work. And, you know, a lot of the mines were really big on coffee stores.
1: Yeah, yes, yes, they were. Not a good time.
0: Definitely. No, not a good time. So speaking of China, it was Monday, March 21st, 2022, and mostly just business as usual for the Kunming Changshu Airport, located in Yunnan Province in southwestern China, when just after one o'clock local time, flight MU5735 would exit the terminal and, you know, just make a run-of-the-mill successful takeoff from the runway. The aircraft was bound for a two-hour direct flight to the Guangzhou Bayun Airport, located at the coastal Chinese city of Guangzhou. This is, uh, it's a very large city near Hong Kong. Now, the aircraft, a Boeing 737-89P, only six years old at the time, was carrying 123 passengers and nine crew members on board. So, pretty small flight, uh, just kind of going, you know, a little a little hop, basically. How, uh, the
1: 737, I think that's probably the one I've flown on the most, I would assume. Do you think 123 passengers is almost maximum capacity?
0: Well, no. Um, so it probably had capacity for like a little bit more if they really cram people in there. But yeah, it's basically what you think of when you think of like kind of a domestic airplane. Um, it's the single, you know, the single aisle down the middle. It's got three three seats on each side. You know, not a very big cabin. You can see first class kind of deal if they have first class on you know Chinese aircraft. Um,
1: now, judging by the date, do you think they were able, if they wanted to, within the two-hour window, watch Space Jam Two?
0: Ooh, possibly. Okay. Yes, I do not exactly know what uh, what in-flight movies they get, or if they even have the little screens in the back of the headrest. So, if you don't have those screens in the back of the headrest, there's no reason to fly. Have you watched basically. Space Jam Two? I'm. No, I have not.
1: Okay, there, there's a neighbor of mine. I've seen him. I haven't seen him in a while, but he was walking around um, with a Space Jam NBA jersey, and on the back it said D Duck. Um, I haven't seen him in a while. I'm kind of wondering if he didn't get sucked into the Space Jam world. But um,
0: dude, wearing that jersey, he's probably plowing through pussy right yeah, now. Yeah, that's he, probably why you're not seeing him. He, he got might ab- see the line of women just like queued <laughs> outside of his home.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but- he actually got abducted by hordes of beautiful women because. <laughs> Of that limited edition D-Duck Space Jam jersey.
0: You see him out of his window. Yeah. Cody,
1: Cody, help. Cody,
0: help. Send Gatorade. Please
1: help. <laughs> I need electrolytes now. Uh,
0: now, as far as the takeoff and majority of the flight goes, everything really went as planned with the plane, uh, reaching its cruising altitude of about twenty-nine to 30,000 feet. This is when, out of nowhere... The plane suddenly begins a rapid descent, aiming the nose of the plane straight towards the Earth. It actually did pull up slightly at about seven to 8,000 feet before, again, beginning to really just nosedive directly down to Earth, uh, ended up going straight down into a mountain. Mm. Uh, Air Traffic Control and fellow planes in the area uh, were claiming that they were trying to radio the pilots, and trying to like just get communication with flight MU-5735. Now, the plane made contact with the ground just minutes after its initial descent. Uh, This was at 2.22 China Standard Time. It reached a maximum speed of 31,000 feet per minute, which is about 352 miles per hour. So within
1: 22 minutes, or no, I'm sorry, it took off at about one, correct?
0: Yeah, it took off at about 120, so about an hour into the flight.
1: Okay, so when it was crashing here, you just wrote this 31,000 feet per minute, per minute, okay, right?
0: Yeah. Okay, so. So so last week you said 15,000 feet per second, which I looked up. That's actually 10,000 miles per hour.
1: Okay, so definitely not that. So it was probably like 1,500 maybe feet per second.
0: Yeah, so what you were talking about last week was probably 15,000 feet per minute. Per minute, okay, yeah. Per yeah. minute, yeah. Okay, 15,000 per, per minute, okay. Yeah. Anyway. But, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, if you watch the video of when it um, when it does crash, there was, like I mentioned, CCTV uh, footage taken of the plane uh, plummeting into Earth, and it is coming straight down. There's no no control over it, no nothing. It's just like it's a brick. Coming down, just straight down. So
1: it just basically from the time frame here, uh the plane took off fine. It was in the air. A little less than an hour and a half. Everyone was served probably their peanuts and and whatever drink they were wanted at the time, and then it just just plummeted down, huh?
0: Yeah, so uh for the two hour flight, it was in the air for about an hour. Uh apparently it was about to start its descent. Um, down to to come down to the next airport where it was going to land. And that is when the plane plummeted down.
1: Huh. Okay. so I'm guessing we're going to get to the bottom or at least try to of what exactly why that happened.
0: Yeah. Well, they just were able to decrypt the, well, analyze, I suppose, the flight recorders that they recovered just a couple of weeks ago. They think they have a pretty good idea about what happened. But there is also a bunch of conspiracies, of course, that I'm going to throw out there. Can uh, I... Some from the Internet and actually one from the guy that I work with who is telling me about okay. Flight Radar 24. Uh, let so me, let it's, me... it's a its a fresh one. Uh, stick stick around till the end because it's pretty good. But it's a fresh one you're not going to find on the Internet.
1: I'm going to throw out one right now before I know any more information. Is it pandas? <laughs> Close. Okay. So the pilot announced overhead that he had just got a special item in the mail and he was wearing it on that particular day. And it was a a limited edition D-Duck space jam Jersey. And when all the women heard that they flooded into the cabin and then
0: caused a weight imbalance and it went straight down. Well, they were trying to,
1: trying to get him, you know, mate with him and his back was pushed against the steering wheel and then it just went down.
0: Yes, that also could have happened. Okay. You never know when you get those Space Jam jerseys, what okay. uh, what could happen. <laughs> I, okay, well, ultimate aphrodisiac. Yeah,
1: it's stronger than panther piss, man. It's uh, it'll get them <laughs> all right. But in all seriousness, we'll uh, I'll, we'll keep listening here and so see see more some inf- more information about this.
0: Now, witnesses on the ground claimed that the plane had slammed straight into the mountain, nearly perpendicular to the ground when finally making contact and what followed was a massive fireball with large plumes of billowing smoke rising from the wreckage emergency crews from the surrounding villages almost immediately were dispatched to render aid to the survivors though due to the localized forest fire around the crash site they had to extinguish that first and they were not able to get to any possible survivors in a in a real hurry And when they did arrive, they were unable to locate any survivors due to the steep angle of the crash and the rapid rate of descent. I was going to
1: say, like, I mean, obviously, you have to have the emergency crew. You have to check for survivors. But if this thing was only almost straight up and down, right, when it Mm -hmm. hit, like, I don't Could there even possibly be a survivor?
0: No, not at the angle that it hit, um, not at the speeds. Like, so when they heard that there was a plane crash, normally when you have a plane crash, it's going to come in at a much less steep angle. Normally the pilots are fighting to keep it in the air and trying to get the smoothest possible landing that they can at the smoothest possible place. Pretty much this is the exact opposite of what you would expect with a plane crash. It literally was just aimed straight down into the ground. It I mean, it just blew apart, and whatever was left was pancaked. A lot of it was actually submerged into the dirt, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit.
1: Okay. I mean, this is obviously a huge tragedy, uh, a lot of dead people. But I guess if there's any solace, and I think I learned this from our last week's episode, is if you're plummeting at that fast of a speed, you're almost certain to just pass out, correct?
0: Yeah, I don't exactly... I'm not too too big on like kind of how that works but i imagine that like that many g's would kind of just you know cause you to pass out so,
1: so like uh the one i covered obviously they went down too, not as steep as this one obviously and on the a lot of videos they said more often than not the the people on the plane would have passed out um from going down that steep so at least it probably wasn't a Super scary death for them if they were all passed out on the plane and then, you know, hit or whatever.
0: Yeah, I imagine in the, uh like, right before they, uh you know, crashed. I'm guessing that it must have been pretty scary for them to, like, all of a sudden just start aiming straight down. And, you know, it's, it would be very harrowing, but I imagine it. When they hit the ground, it must have been just instant death for pretty much everybody. I, you know, it's
1: yeah. But when I'm yeah, yeah. But if you were passed out for most of
0: that time, then oh yeah, could, you wouldn't you wouldn't know that you hit the ground. Really. Yeah,
1: yeah. It because when they from the point they started to descend or straight downward till hitting the ground, how much time was elapsed? Or are you going to go into that?
0: Well, it was about so it was uh, a few minutes. So two twenty two china standard time was when they started their descent and then a couple of minutes later is when they hit so i think i read it it was about three minutes later
1: okay so it was pretty quick
0: yeah pretty quick it's uh like i mentioned they did actually pull up and level off at about eight thousand feet but then they you know continued to go straight down
1: okay well i can't wait to hear more about this here
0: the crash caused a massive crater. Uh, From what I read, it's about 65 foot deep and nearly 200 feet across. Now, this is according to uh, Zhang Zhiyun, an official with the Ganshi government. He said that 800,000 cubic feet of soil had been excavated and 49,117 pieces of the plane had been found. And this was in just about a week, two weeks after the plane crash occurred. Much of the small pieces of wreckage were actually scattered around the sites with some of the pieces embedded underneath the soil. Now, by the end of March, all 132 people on board the flight had been recovered and identified.
1: Okay, that's, I mean, that's good. They got closure. They've got the bodies for the families and all of that. Um, damn, 65 feet down, though? That is crazy.
0: Yeah, it. I mean, the larger pieces of the aircraft... You got all of that momentum. It's just like if a was going down, it just, you know, went down through the soil and then brought up the soil, you know, up and around it. So it kind of, like, buried itself, pretty much. And you actually see pictures of the crash site. All of the soil is upturned, basically.
1: I mean, I guess if we look back on um, all of the UFO crashes we covered, a lot of them them have, like, big... Crater sites like this, right?
0: Yes. So. Yeah. Well, supposedly the crash sites, they might just be air balloons and But if
1: something did crash at a high rate of speed, then obviously we know it would make quite a big um, crater there. Yes.
0: Yeah, it would. In the aftermath of the crash, President Xi Jinping ordered an immediate investigation into the cause of this accident. With officials from the Civil Aviation Administration of China actually heading up the investigation into the crash. With members from the National Transportation Safety Board and advisors from Boeing and the Federal Aviation Administration later on being granted visas to travel to China to be actually able to take part in the investigation. It wasn't exactly clear right away if they'd be because of COVID regulations.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, because yeah. I guess around this time, China was kind of getting hit with COVID again. Um,
0: yeah, but- apparently they still have people in some parts of China that are still on lockdown. So I don't know if that's ended yet. I just heard a couple of weeks ago that some people are still kind of like locked in their their homes.
1: Really? OK, then they I'm maybe they're just like political prisoners or something. Who knows in China? But um, yeah,
0: hopefully they let them out by now.
1: Yeah, but what I was going to say you brought up, uh, president here,
0: Jinping. Yeah, he's, he's not, he's not the nicest feller. Um. No, they sure do love him over there, but no. Uh. Well. We don't like him over here very much. But he was kind of instrumental in allowing, like, the American, uh, like, the National, Transp- Safe- National Transportation Safety Board and the FAA is all, like, American, so.
1: Um. But what that got me thinking instantly is you said this plane was like going close to Hong Kong. We know, uh you know, Mr. President here, not the biggest fan
0: of Hong Kong, I wouldn't imagine. No, he's not. Actually, I don't <laughs> have really anything about Hong Kong, but that could actually be part of it, too, maybe in a conspiracy. Yeah, that's but, what I was going to say, um, but yeah, it's guess, not actually going to Hong Kong, but it is going. The city is pretty close to Hong Kong. Well, I mean, yeah. Can, uh, can they fly from,
1: I guess I don't really know, China in into Hong Kong and then Hong Kong into other sections of China? Is that allowed? Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes, I okay. I believe they have free travel. You know, they can come in and out. So Hong Kong is part of China right now. They're semi-autonomous, basically. Which means, I mean, their autonomy kind of is getting, you know, lessened and lessened yeah, every yeah. single year. Yeah. But they... You know they still have a tiny bit of autonomy, but yeah, they're part of like the the whole Chinese, you know, communist government, pretty much. See, I considered get, to be part of them. I
1: guess know. I was uh, ignorant to that because I I thought they were like just like a free place inside of communist China, like the last refuge of anything, or like kind of like a democracy, right?
0: Oh, yeah. So well, basically, they were owned by Britain up until the late 90s. And that's when the lease that Britain had over Hong Kong was up and they had to be given back to China. So they actually, they were given autonomy, like right when they went back, but that's been getting like lessened and lessened, especially under Xi Jinping's like rule. Yeah, you know, that autonomy is pretty much just going away. now.
1: I guess in my head, I was like, Oh, maybe this plane is going close. So he doesn't want him to go to Hong Kong because he doesn't like that they're not under his rule. And but I guess that is squelled already.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, I mean, yeah, you can fly, you know, to Hong Kong from China. You can fly actually to, to Taiwan from China too. So they they do they do flights out to from Taiwan from Taiwan to China. I'm so. sure
1: you can go to Taiwan as long as you refer to it as China's property.
0: <laughs> I imagine, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You you're not flying from China, to Taiwan, from China to China. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, that's what your fucking ticket's gonna say if you fly in on fucking China Eastern Airlines. I'm guessing.
1: That but. reminds me, that John Cena apology was so fucking oh, cringe. Cringe. Oh yeah. My god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know. It was. You know, it was terrible. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. No, I had to turn it off. I couldn't watch it. <laughs> Basically in tears. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm sorry. Please let me be a movie star. Please, please let me be a movie star. I'm a whore for good Chinese money. You want me to apologize in Mandarin? I'll apologize in every fucking language (laughs) you... Now, in the coming days after this massive catastrophe, the cockpit voice recorder, also known as a CVR, was found on the 23rd of March with the internal storage device believed to be relatively intact. And this was sent to Beijing for data extraction. Now, the Emergency Locator Transmitter, or ELT, was retrieved on the 26th of March. And on the next day, the 27th, the Flight Data Recorder, FDR, was also recovered. Both of these devices, because of the level of damage that they had sustained, actually went to Washington, D.C. for analysis.
1: Damn, so they actually, like, send them to... Probably the best technology in the world to do this particular thing,
0: huh? Yes. Yeah, because of because of the fact it was an American aircraft and because pretty much this would be the best place to send it, they gotcha. decided to send it out of China to Washington, D.C., which actually I was kind of surprised with that. I figured China would just keep everything in house. So
1: You know exactly when it got to Washington, D.C., uh, the CIA or FBI people... Immediately took it to the Geek Squad at Best Buy. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Pounded
0: all the dents out of it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Little 19-year-old pimple-faced Geek Squad guy went went ahead and repaired this for him.
0: Probably getting Cheeto dust and shit all in the (laughs) controls and everything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, when I first really heard that this plane was from the state-owned airline uh, known as China Eastern Airlines, kind of what I was really thinking at first was, what kind of maintenance were these aircrafts? You know, was the maintenance at all like known as to be like subpar, Um, possibly like the regulations that the government of China, the regulations that they had, were those not as good maybe as the American regulations that we have here? Maybe they were like playing a little fast and loose. Uh, Actually, you would be severely mistaken if you thought that like I did. So apparently the Chinese model for aviation safety was actually modeled after that of the American FAA. Uh, It is actually now considered to be even more strict than that of the American model that it was formed out of. Also, really, the maintenance workers, apparently, from what I've been told are like very good for these these planes because they're all government employees and as such they could receive harsh punishment for any failures or poor performance.
1: I mean, what is entailed in a Chinese harsh
0: perform or harsh punishment for employees? I don't know if you can really just kind of use your. So one of the things that uh, my friend at work was actually telling me. So he was saying that. Basically, for the Chinese military, in their dress uniforms, uh, in the collars, they actually have needles sticking up out of their collar. So if they lower their head at all or lower their chin down, they get stabbed in the neck with those needles. And he was using that as an example of kind of like, you know, just ba- like, bo- like baseline punishments that are given out in China. So I don't know, like, honestly, if, if you cause that aircraft to you know, have a systems failure or something like that. I'm guessing that they figure out who it was and that person, you know, who knows what kind of punishment.
1: Probably all get sent on like a fucking family vacation in North Korea. Like, honestly, (laughs) like, I don't know. I mean, it's not like death by a thousand lashes punishment, you know, in the olden days in China, but man, it's probably jail time or something.
0: Yeah, I don't know, go into go into a fucking camp or something like that. I'm not exactly sure, but for even good performance, you're living, you know, who knows what kind of conditions you're living in. So, you know what I mean? It's, I wouldn't want to know what, you know, what a failure gives you.
1: Well, so, let, let's put this in perspective for the difference between China and America, right? This guy, if he fucks up something on checking the plane, um, whatever, he gets some harsh punishment, maybe jail time, beatings, whatever. In America, you have a pilot who was shit-faced all the time, but he managed to fly a plane upside down and safely land it, and he gets a whole movie made about him.
0: Yeah, great documentary. That's, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, of course, all true, right?
1: Yeah, I well, that was a big problem drunk pilots.
0: You no, remember No, yeah, that? that has been a big problem, is, uh, Pilots at the airport, uh, you know, hitting up happy hour right before their flight Yeah, or just, you know, basically taking a cooler onto the plane pretty much.
1: (laughs) I know. Jesus. But uh, but anyway, uh, continue on here.
0: So kind of finishing that off. Among the three major uh, Chinese airlines that are state run, their planes are actually some of the most modern and safety conscious in the entire world. Also, this was actually China's first fatal aircraft crash since 2010. Not bad. 12 years. Oh, definitely. Yeah, actually, the average age of the Chinese airplanes are years younger than the worldwide average. So really, it's not like, you know, in America, you fly on Southwest and you see basically the ashtrays are welded shut and you see kind of like where the seats used to be back in the 70s. When that thing was first debuted, yeah, you're not gonna see any of that on these, apparently. So, Uh,
1: yeah, and fucking Sun Country, you can still see the goddamn pomade stains in the fucking headrest from the (laughs) seventies. Like, it's yeah, they'll run them until literally the the plane falls to pieces.
0: Oh, definitely, and it is always a little bit scary when they give you. um, Basically, they used to put me uh, every once in a while in the. The seats where the the exit rows are. The problem is they've moved the seats around so much that basically your seat on those shitty airlines is like base is covering up where the exit should be. So right. trying to save money, they pretty much cover that shit up. Right, that's a little scary. So, uh, Phil, what are
1: the th- the state run Chinese airlines called?
0: All right. Well, the three major ones are China Eastern Airlines. Air China and China Southern Airlines. Uh, from what I was reading, China Southern Airlines is actually the biggest one. The one that kind of runs the most planes, has the most hours up in the air. Kind of, it's basically centered around where a lot of the people live, which is on kind of like that Southern coast.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I when you first said Chinese Eastern Airlines, like obviously the one that crashed, I was like, that's an interesting title for that airlines. But then you had Southern uh I guess western China like is probably the least populated area, huh?
0: Yes. Yeah. In China, most people live within, I believe it's like a hundred miles of the coast. And then you get you start getting out to the like the central um Chinese area. And then like they they acquired that like entire region to the west. And like not a lot of people live out in Tibet. So right. basically everyone lives like on these on the southeast.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Um. So, if do all these airlines come to America, or, or do you know, or is it just these are strictly
0: like Chinese airlines? The so the flight that we were talking about was domestic. I'm not exactly sure if any of these actually fly. I believe I have seen Air China. That was going to be while, my guess. Yeah, while I was at um, LAX, I believe I did see Air China, but I'm not exactly sure.
1: Did you see Chinese Janet?
0: No, I did not see Chinese <laughs> Janet. No, there was no uh, no Janet anything that I've ever seen. So. Never been to Vegas, though. So maybe that'll change true, in a year. True. Now then, let's get into some of the possible conspiracies for the explanation of what took down this aircraft before we get into what is currently believed to be the actual explanation. Perfect. So in the immediate aftermath of the disaster, memories were very fresh of the two Boeing 737 MAX 8 aircrafts that had gone down in 2018 and 2019. Of course being Lion Air Flight 610, which went down after takeoff from Jakarta, Indonesia, and Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302, which similarly crashed after takeoff from Addis Ababa bore international airport in ethiopia in 2019 uh really fresh in everyone's minds initial reactions to hearing that another boeing 737 aircraft crashing nose first was that this had to be of course the same problem that had plagued the recently reinstated line of aircraft and that this problem was back again still plaguing the embattled aircraft series
1: i mean you that's what you would assume i guess right with uh Cause that's three of them within three years, right? Three four years. Um, I don't. How old is the seven thirty seven model overall? Like, when did it first debut?
0: Any idea? So it it first debuted like early early generations of the plane debuted like forty some years ago. Um, that's the aircraft that we're actually talking about, the seven thirty seven eight hundred series, was back in the nineties.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's yep. kind of what I thought. Like these have been around for quite a while, because um, it's yeah. the seven seventy sevens that are the. Is it the seven seventy sevens or seven ninety seven or whatever that is like the well, newer this, one?
0: The seven forty seven I learned recently is actually a bigger version than the seven seventy. So seven forty sevens are the really big ones.
1: So Boeing's numbering is as stupid as BMW's. Is is basically what you're telling me here?
0: Yeah, I don't exactly. <laughs> I always thought that seven seventy seven meant it was since it was a bigger number, it'd be bigger. Yeah, but apparently it means something else. So
1: yeah, that's how BMW is with their fucking cars and their numbers for them.
0: Oh, anything any- to make the cars more expensive <laughs> and harder to work on. Doesn't make any fucking sense, guys. Yeah, they love that shit. Now, China was actually the last country to allow the Max Eight aircrafts to fly again. This is what actually happened just a few months before the crash at the end of the previous year, 2021. However, the MAX 8 theory that momentarily lit up the news articles and forums on the Internet would soon be quashed when it would come out that the 737 that had crashed was actually part of the older next generation models and not one of the newer models like the recently reinstated MAX 8s. These older generations of planes uh, really didn't have any of the problem... That the Max Eights had this problem was the MCAS system that had actually caused the two Max Eight crashes in 2018 and 2019.
1: So, what is the Max Eight? Is that like the referring to the so engine or the something like that?
0: It's referring to the model. So, it's a newer model of basically the same air. Um, kind of, it has beefier engines. Um, it a longer range. Um, all that kind of trying to make it. Trying to use the same platform to go further, carry more people, carry more cargo, all that stuff. So it's basically just like a newer model, kind of like cars come out with new models every year. This yeah. is just kind of like a new a new line. Okay,
1: uh, yeah. it's interesting name for it. I feel like when you hear Max Eight, you immediately I thought of like some brand of a Ford pickup. I don't know why that came to my head, but oh, <laughs> um, okay. So they they disallowed the Max Eights to take off or be used anymore simply because of the two crashes in 18 and 19, correct?
0: Yeah. So for a time, the Max 8s around the world were grounded. But after a while, like more and more countries allowed them to fly. Uh, China was actually the last country. Because of their stringent rules for aviation, they were the last country to allow the Max8s to fly again. But they they have ungrounded their fleet of Max8s, their newer planes. Are you actually gonna
1: tell me that America said no, you can't fly this specific type of plane?
0: Yes. Wow. Yeah, for for a while. They that- were all grounded.
1: I'm surprised like Spirit or whatever didn't weren't like fuck that. We're flying these Max8s, they're cheap right now. We can charge people extra for sodas or whatever. Uh, Spirit, and what's the other one that's really bad? Ooh, uh, Sun Country? Sun Country, yeah. I don't yes, know. Though. I'm guessing they just put a piece of black tape over it where it said Max 8, and then they just were like, no, 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 FAA, this is not a Max 8. You see, this is the black edition
0: of the Seven Thirty Seven. This is this is the X8 series, yeah. not the Max8 series. No. no, no, it's fine. We're taking off. <laughs> we <laughs> we got a flight going from Vegas down to Santa Fe. So yeah. no, we gotta we gotta take them.
1: Yeah, a lot of meth heads who are all riled up. And we cannot <laughs> delay this flight right now.
0: <laughs> Definitely, yeah. It's um, it was it was pretty big news. Kind of not a lot of people new so just hearing the name 737 though a lot of people kind of what i was getting into before a lot of people just assumed that this was another kind of like the same exact thing i'll kind of go into it a little bit but basically this idea kind of still permeates a little bit on the internet i mean they're still they still associate it with you can kind of see why though honestly like oh definitely yeah
1: judging from how they name all these models it seems like you would need a micro encyclopedia to figure out all the different models that they've released for the kind of the same airplane. But yeah, I mean, it's easy for anybody to assume 737. It's got to be probably the same one as these other ones that crashed. But like you said,
0: we're getting, you know, sub D, we always tell the truth. So uh, or try to try to. yeah. The, so yeah, the 737 has been out for the the platform's been out for decades, but the Max 8 is only been out uh it's mine really just recently
1: well you i mean i'm assuming this fact you can pretty much confirm ironclad if you had heard this conspiracy before that is simply not true it was not a max 8 it was a 737 but it was a different series right
0: yeah it was a uh, uh, part of actually the 800 series so it's okay. part of the previous generation of Boeing 737. Uh, it's actually considered like the workhorse of the world's aviation industry. There's been about 7,000 deliveries worldwide. Basically, America has just under 1,000. Actually, in China, they have over 1,100 of these 800 series planes operating, um, 89 of them for China East Airlines so yeah, it's and it also has like one of the best safety records too. So I was gonna say com- this, yeah, completely doesn't have those problems. It's the MC.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I guess in my head, whenever I, ever I hear seven thirty seven, I'm like, oh, that's pretty solid. They've used that plane. There's a lot of airlines that use that plane.
0: I probably have rode on this this the most. I'm assuming. Oh but- yeah, for domestic flights, you've if you've ridden like a decent number of domestic flights. You've definitely ridden on one before. Yeah,
1: because the 777, I think, is the one I probably took to visit you in London because it had like the two, four, two seats, I think, in rows.
0: Yeah, I believe 747, the one that I rode on for the British Airlines was a 343 configuration. So three, uh, three on the window then there was 4 like in the middle dead center and then three more and of course first class was like 111
1: yeah you know there's a fucking bed <laughs> in there i remember that but no oh, i re- yeah. i remember it was 242 two. i
0: remember that okay so you might have flown on 770
1: yeah it was it's pretty nice because the lady next to me was so fucked up on whatever pills she was taking she was like <laughs> dozing in and out she was telling me random facts and then she'd fall back asleep She's like, ah, I do this all the time. She's probably popping Valiums of Percocets. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck she was taking.
0: Probably had it as a dessert with her fucking meal at the airport. <laughs> <After> <laughs> at, dinner, at fucking after Burger di- King.
1: Yeah, after dinner, Mint. Here we go.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically in response to this um, aircraft going down, actually China, with its its strict rules... Really, they grounded all of their 737-800s. This was for inspections and basically just trying to figure out if there's anything wrong, like maintenance-wise, with these planes. Uh, The day after this crash, China actually shut down about 70 to 80% of all of their flights. This caused massive delays in the immediate aftermath of the crash. Uh, The grounding of all the planes lifted the very next month. So in the middle of April all of the planes were back up in the air.
1: Th- this is honestly like crazy. I couldn't believe that China is so strict about their airlines. It's oh, yeah. good. They I mean it's good obviously that they're doing this, but I don't know. I just I I would have never even thought <laughs> that they gave a shit.
0: Yeah, in my mind like before I heard any of this, I actually kind of thought that they might be kind of lax and kind of like, you know, throw shit under the rug, kind of like what you'd expect for, you know, the anything owned by run by the Chinese government. But they're really like wide open with, with kind of like all their records. And it's actually kind of crazy. It's the exact opposite of what you would think. I'm almost like I wonder if it's like
1: this simply because the president probably uses
0: the airlines
1: <laughs> like he, that's
0: He's, the only reason he cares. You imagine Xi Jinping is like writing code. Just just hoping not to get stuck between two obese people. I. That's a good
1: point. I totally forgot that rich people don't take normie <laughs> planes. That
0: went right yeah, over no, my head. They no. don't take they don't take normal planes. He he rides a personal fucking aircraft. It's very
1: true. <laughs> OK, well, maybe he did that. So they have to look over his personal aircraft.
0: Good. I don't know.
1: Good Possibly. on you, China, for this. I know you don't really take care of like pollution and stuff, but at least you're safe with your airplanes.
0: Yeah, that would be really nice if if they actually started going after, like, polluters. Like, they go after, you know, the, the bad maintenance practices. <laughs> like, that they would go be great. after
1: it, people who say free Hong Kong. Yeah, it's...
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, in America, they should do that shit, too. Start actually, right. you know, giving a fuck about that before we're all choking to death. <laughs> yeah. June fucking 2nd, and it's 105 degrees outside. So, that's Phoenix. Now, the next theory that I'm going to be laying out was that it may have been either an accidental midair collision with poss- a military aircraft of a military aircraft, of course, really wouldn't have to have their aircraft transponder turned off or possibly it could have been a rocket fired at the aircraft either purposefully or possibly accidentally that have, may have caused the aircraft to nosedive from its cruising altitude straight down into the ground at such a steep angle. This uh, so-called evidence that's been given out that I read on some of these conspiracy websites was that that the China Eastern Airlines flight crash site actually looked a lot like the Ukraine International Airlines Flight 752 aircraft which was also a Boeing 737 uh, 800. It was actually shot down by the Iranian Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. And this was shortly after takeoff from Tehran in January of 2020.
1: Wow. Okay. Um, is that, I just quick side note here is the Iranian Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, is that like a rogue group?
0: No, that is the. That's the like the military of Iran
1: wow, and you- Ukraine didn't this seems like something they'd retaliate with, right?
0: Yeah, I'm not exactly sure, so it was taking off from Tehran and going to Ukraine, so I'm not exactly sure if oh, okay, yikes, well, yeah, uh, it's actually I did not remember so much shit happened in 2020, yeah, that this kind of actually got buried under the pretty quick. By uh, by COVID news and, and Fauci, of course. But really, this happened because apparently I didn't remember this. But America and its allies supposedly or possibly did kill a general from the Iranian Islamic Revolutionary Force. And this was kind of in retaliation, like a high ranking yeah. general. Yeah, I was, remember that. That was, was killed.
1: That was uh Trump was like bragging about that because they like Oh yeah. That car, okay, yep. that car that car that guy was in. I mean you could tell it used to be a car. Um it looked completely charred and apparently that guy was in there. But uh but yeah, so okay, so you're saying that might have been a retaliation for that.
0: Yeah, that was a retaliation for the killing of a of an Iranian general. So yeah, I believe okay, that is that we're talking about. It was it was droned. Wasn't it? Well, is that I'm, how they I'm got
1: sure, it? I mean, I'm sure that's how they were killing people for a long time over in the Middle East. Yeah, it is drones. a it's
0: a favorite pretty much now. So,
1: um, so here's the thing: if it was shot down or hit another plane, wasn't the CCTV watching it when it started to nosedive?
0: Well, not exactly. Actually, right now, what we're gonna we're gonna go off for a little bit and look at a youtube video of that cctv coverage um and then we'll come back so we're gonna go see what they captured okay so now you pretty much saw kind of how uh the plane was only really captured for just the short amount of time right before it hit the
1: yeah and you weren't lying when you said it was almost straight up and down that thing is coming like a bullet um Cannot really see any smoke or damage, though, in that video. It it is pretty grainy, but um, I would assume that the being shot down or running into a plane, it would have a little bit more evidence um, that that had happened, in my opinion, looking at the video. How do you
0: feel about it? Oh, definitely, yeah. We actually watched two different. I didn't realize it until... Um, it was actually a little bit further down. The video that we, we just watched was called "Video Shows China Plane Nose Before Crash," and a little bit further down was actually some footage taken from a different angle, uh, from a, a it looked like a vehicle's like dashboard camera. Yeah, and it showed that it was actually um, maybe not like completely straight down, but it was coming down at a very very steep angle. Not yeah. straight down, but very steep still. But yeah, you can see from especially the CCTV um, security camera footage, really that that theory doesn't really have much. It doesn't really hold much water because like you were mentioning, you can see that the plane is pretty much still intact and there's not a whole lot of smoke billowing from it as if it was, you know, just hit by a rocket or had suffered a midair collision.
1: Right. Um, The only thing I could say is if there's any country (laughs) That had a military plane run into a civilian aircraft and would try to cover it up. I mean, China would be a prime candidate for that. But in the video, it to me doesn't seem like that's the case at all.
0: Yeah. I mean, when when it comes to a military aircraft like running into a civilian plane, you can sadly, you might be able to say that about any country. Any country might try to cover that shit up. (laughs) But yeah, you really couldn't see any evidence. From the couple seconds of video that we saw no so. no now another theory much like the rocket theory is that the explosion had actually came from inside of the plane and that there was some kind of like a dangerous item or perhaps maybe even a bomb on board really though this one also kind of falls apart pretty quick because they have actually recovered like every single like piece of wreckage that they found. They've analyzed for explosive materials. They've tried to find any, you know, any type of equipment that might explode. They really haven't found anything like out of the ordinary that would cause such an explosion amongst the wreckage of flight MU-3735.
1: Right. Um. The, I guess, the, again, being China, if that was the case, that there was a... terrorists of some kind who blew up the plane. I don't know. They probably wouldn't want to blast that out in the open like America likes to. But again, I'm going to assume because other countries were helping them with this, they probably wouldn't have the ability to lie about finding this type of thing. Uh,
0: No, there was a lot of a lot of help coming outside like the FAA and, you know, the American basically... All of these people who are coming in to consult them, uh, they all, you know, were witness to a lot of this wreckage. They were all probably helping out, you know, to analyze any of the like chemicals and shit that they found on, you know, any of these parts. So I'm guessing, yeah, you're right. I doubt they could hide that. Though, like we were mentioning in last week's video, they are having problem with their their Muslim population out kind of in the central part of their country. So I imagine, though, China might try to use that to their advantage if they, you know, if there was a possible terrorist attack.
1: Right. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Um, But yeah, again, I would assume if there was an explosion, probably be at least a plume of smoke coming off of it when it's coming down or something like that. Wouldn't you think like maybe a fire, a little fire is visible, something like that?
0: Oh, yeah, fire would be visible, maybe pieces of the aircraft were yeah. blown off. Um, there were actually pieces of the aircraft that they found a few miles away. They found some little, little winglets. They think that these little winglets, uh, these small wings that are kind of on the wings, actually came off while the plane was plummeting, while it was nosediving, and that kind of like outside forces may have forced these winglets off. Also, these winglets falling off would not have caused this this disaster. Basically, they're there just for, you know, to help the plane save on fuel economy. Pretty much is what I was reading. Not really. They're not vital to keeping the plane in the air.
1: Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. If they lose one, they're not going to fall out of the sky. Basically, is what I'm saying. No. Now, one of the stranger theories that I found on the Internet and that I'm going to mention next is that the aircraft could have actually or allegedly possibly been hacked now this would be a hacking due from a bluetooth device from inside the plane as the systems on the aircraft are older and supposedly from what i was reading they are susceptible to remote hacking Though, in the article that I read, it sounded like this kind of hacking would not allow for really much control over the aircraft for the hacker, uh, really only resulting in the hacker being allowed to control the aircraft, basically crashing it. So, I mean, that is exactly what happened. It was, you know, just kind of aimed, pinned straight down. So, I mean, that does kind of go along with it, but there's no real reason to do this. No. So Especially for like a...
1: Kind of a short little flight. Like, why would a hacker want to crash this plane for a two-hour flight? The pretty nondescript
0: flight, I would assume. Yeah, you would imagine. Unless it was some kind of suicidal like situation for the hacker, anyone who was inside of that plane and trying to hack the plane would want to keep the plane in the air and then do whatever they wanted with it. I, d- I doubt they would just immediately... Send it straight down into a mountain.
1: Right. And let's be real. Most hackers,
0: they want money. They don't <laughs> necessarily yeah. want to kill people. Yeah. And I I was trying to think of if you were trying to hack a plane, like a hacker would want to do it from somewhere where they were more comfortable. I doubt that they would want to jump on the plane and hack it from there. They might try to do it like remotely, like right. obviously from, you know, somewhere in their home or maybe somewhere where their internet couldn't be traced.
1: So you're saying so. in this scenario for this person to hack it, they would literally have to have been on the plane.
0: Yes, from the from the stuff that I was reading, it would be like from inside the plane using like a So apparently what I was reading, they were talking about the systems and monitors are run by like really old versions of Linux, is apparently how you say it. Yep. And yeah, Linux and this is supposedly what makes them susceptible to hacking. Uh, one of the things I was reading was saying that Linux is basically like kind of a hacker's choice for like software or something like that. I have no idea about computers, though. So I have I have nothing. I can barely turn mine off.
1: <laughs> I mean, Linux has been a competitor of Windows forever. It's kind mm. of just it's I think it's a lot more user friendly is. um. Kind of the main thing about it, as in, if you know about computers, Linux is great for you because you can get it to to do whatever you want. Um, but obviously, uh, yeah, an older version of it probably would be more susceptible to a hacker. But I think it's highly unlikely if he had to be on the plane, he or she had to be on the plane to hack it just to crash it. That seems a bit bit insane. Oh,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: Like, that's a. It sounds like the plot from like the latest Die Hard movie. Like, it just doesn't make sense.
0: Oh, yeah. But in that version, he would have complete control over the plane and be able to fly it around. Right. And they wouldn't know that the hacker was actually on the plane till like halfway. Through,
1: so, no, no,
0: absolutely not. Yeah. So, before I get into the last theory, uh, we are actually going to talk a little bit about. Kind of what uh, has been figured out. Um, basically, in the past couple of weeks, they have analyzed and figured out everything that they, you know, need to know from the three black boxes that they recovered. I mentioned uh, one of them was sent to Beijing. Two of them were sent to Washington D.C.
1: Okay. Yeah, I uh, can't wait to hear what what they found
0: on these bad boys. Definitely. So after having analyzed the. Investigators have concluded that flight MU3735 actually went down due to internal actions taken inside the cockpit. Now this is either from one of the flight crew inside the cockpit or possibly they think it might have been an intruder who invaded the cockpit and took over the controls. Though this is pretty unlikely as someone attempting to infiltrate the cockpit most likely would have caused the pilots to sound an alarm to, you know, local Air traffic control towers. They at least would have tried to make contact with someone, right? If there was a, a ruly person on board or someone trying to enter the cockpit.
1: Uh, yeah. I would assume even these planes, you know, post nine eleven, are like fucking Fort Knox to get into them. I would assume on these planes, right?
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. So this plane was delivered. In 2015. it actually. Apparently, you need like basically. There's a keypad outside. You need to punch in the correct code to get into the cockpit. So yeah, yeah it's not it's not an old like pre nine eleven plane. Like this is a this is a pretty like a four airplanes as far as airplanes go. It's a fairly new airplane.
1: Yeah, so. that would. Uh, yeah, that'd be pretty challenging for a terrorist or whatever of some kind to get into the cockpit without alerting the pilots. So yeah, I. Yeah, i don't know about that
0: one definitely and there wouldn't be the radio silence right that pretty much came in the three minutes that it took for the plane to begin its descent and hit the ground there was uh, about three minutes you would think that there would be some some kind of you know communications happening
1: right or right. or
0: something going on now what the recorders told the investigators was that the flight controls were actually forced all the way forward and that the pilots or whomever may have been in control of the stick did not attempt to write the plane at all. A nose diving until reaching about 8,000 feet when the plane leveled itself off for a short amount of time and then began nose diving again. And from what I was reading, apparently when you have the flaps kind of like set for cruising altitude, it's actually very hard to nose dive the plane because the plane basically once it's, you know, cruising altitude, you know, flying straight. Basically, it's very hard to force the aircraft down without it kind of forcing itself back up again. Kind of like how lift and all that stuff
1: Okay, all right. So
0: what you're saying is that could potentially be why it leveled out again? Yeah, potentially it picked up enough speed at around 8,000 feet to where it kind of like almost bounced itself back up. And then it okay. was forced down again.
1: Huh, okay. Well... The uh, the plot has been thickening here, Phil. So what are you going to lay out for us? Because this is very intriguing. It's very eerily similar to what we yeah. talked about last week.
0: It's it's pretty, I mean, they uh, this obviously we talked about last week when the plane lost communication, they flew around for a while and then flew almost down to Antarctica before, you know, like hitting the ground um, or going down into the, was it, the Indian ocean.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Um, This plane just kind of went straight down um, right away. But basically I'm going to tell you just a tiny bit about the three people in the cockpit at the time. Okay. So captain Yang Hongda had been employed as a Boeing 737 pilot since January 2018. He had had a total of 6,709 flight hours. The first officer Uh, Zhang Jingping uh, was actually the more experienced pilot. He was amongst China's most experienced commercial pilots. He had 31,769 flight hours. He was also a flight instructor for China Eastern, having trained more than 100 captains himself. Uh, He had actually been awarded the honorary title of Meritorious Pilot of Civil Aviation in 2011. So he was just like the captain of the last week's episode. He was extremely experienced.
1: Yeah, almost 32,000 flight hours. That's a lot.
0: Yeah, uh, decades of service, basically. So second officer, uh, this was kind of just an observer, was Ni Gongtao. I said that name completely wrong. I have no idea how to say it. Uh, He actually had only about 556 flight hours. He was actually on board to fulfill some training duties. So he was not piloting the aircraft. He was just on board, like picking up some training. Gotcha.
1: Okay. Another trainee and another very experienced pilot. So that is an interesting connection there. It's interesting. The more uh, experienced one decided he's just going to be the first officer this flight. But I yeah. guess maybe you just didn't want the captain duty or something.
0: Yeah, I was talking about this with the the guy that I work with, and he said it might be kind of like a nice thing that he did to kind of give this younger pilot more captain hours.
1: Yeah. Okay. Get him a little extra cheddar on his uh, his little uh, pay stub
0: maybe yep. may kim's off look better for the ladies um i get it Yo, I... he gets to wear he gets to wear the captain's hat on board, too yeah. yeah apparently apparently the first officer um i doubt he needed anything if he's amongst the most experienced of all commercial airline pilots in china so yeah. he'll probably be first officer captain he might be serving drinks out there he can just pretty much do anything he wants
1: <laughs>
0: so i didn't really get a ton on like last week we we talked a lot about how they think that you know the captain was going through a divorce this really just kind of happened so they're still kind of trying to figure out what's going on with these guys i just kind of wanted to mention the pilot first officer and second officer they yeah. think that perhaps the captain uh may have been going through some some personal issues uh that's kind of all that they're really giving out um, I didn't really read a ton of stuff that wasn't kind of just conjecture. I was trying to look for some official stuff, really couldn't find it. I don't think that they actually have really released a ton of stuff yet.
1: Yeah, so to pro- I, like you're saying, it'll probably come out over the next year, two years, something like that.
0: Yeah, kind of when they get everything hashed out. Like I said, this just happened two months ago. Yeah, pretty, so very fresh. Yeah, it, it just happened. Actually, we just got a couple of weeks ago... Um, some news articles came out with the, the finding uh, Mm. from the flight recorders and kind of what the investigators think happened. Okay. All right. Yeah. They were supposed to come out with their analysis 30 days after the crash, but it took them a little bit longer. And I think that's why they, they kind of like rushed it out there. So about, about three weeks ago. Okay. So finally, I'm going to get into the last conspiracy. Now, you're not really going to find this conspiracy theory <laughs> anywhere on the internet. And that is because it came directly from the mind of the previously mentioned coworker who I got a lot of this from. Uh, he pretty much cooked up this theory all by himself. So it's all on him. So,
1: okay. Uh, we I almost thought you were going to say it's from you. And then I knew it was going to involve either Chef Ramsey or Barry Sitaro, but this is your coworker. He's not in the same conspiracy boat as you and I. So I'll be curious to see what uh, come what's coming out of his noggin here.
0: Well, we don't know. It might be it might be old uh, Barry Zatiro okay. just wearing you know the meat suit of the guy that I work with. <laughs> it's not Bezos because his head's not big, right? I
1: mean, and he wasn't he, leaking motor oil behind him, probably.
0: Yeah, he can he can fit through the door, so it's not Jeff Bezos, <laughs> definitely. Now the theory goes that China Eastern Flight MU thirty seven thirty five was actually brought down either remotely or possibly by one of the pilots, crewmen, or someone traveling on board in order to force the hand of the government owned Chinese airlines, not only to cancel orders for more Boeing made aircrafts, but also to permanently ground the existing Boeing fleet already in service in Chinese airspace.
1: Okay. So a slight political move here, right? Um, By whoever i guess there's a lot of suspects here yeah um does he give a reason why he thinks uh they wanted him grounded
0: yes yeah this is all part of the conspiracy he gave me the whole rundown let's hear now now remember when i had said that the 737 max 8 aircraft had just been brought back into service a few months before the crash well this theory states that the saboteurs actually wanted to crash one of the recently reinstated MAX 8 aircrafts. Uh, Basically, they were going to force the plane to crash in a similar way that the 2018 and 2019 MAX 8 disasters had occurred, with a sudden nosedive, then an unexplained leveling off, and another steep nosedive. Uh, This is, of course, with the already skittish Chinese aviation agencies uh, forcing them to cancel all future MAX 8s. Now, at this point, you might be asking yourself, why in the hell would they want to do this? Like, what's the the reason why? This conspiracy actually revolves around another Chinese government-operated company. This company is known as COMAC or commercial aircraft corporation of china which will begin delivering competitor aircraft to the boeing 737 max series aircraft later on this year in the year 2022 and the conspiracy goes that some nefarious group of sabotagers either under the banner of the Chinese government or possibly the company Comac itself, actually arranged the crash of the flight MU-3735 to look like it was the same problem from before, the malfunctioning MCAS system, failing to realize that this craft was actually from a previous generation of Boeing 737s, not the new MAX 8 series of 737.
1: Okay, so this Comac is trying to um, get their aircrafts as like the main one instead of the Boeings. Is that kind of where we're going here?
0: Yes, they want to basically replace the future, allegedly.
1: Yes, so they allegedly
0: (laughs) want to replace the future contracts that Boeing has with this Comac company that works from inside of China, also run by the Chinese government. Is part of the conspiracy theory. So this is, c- like, putting this in American terms, this is kind
1: of like when you just had Circuit City and then Best Buy started blowing up Circuit Cities, but they didn't know it was actually Best Buy doing it to take them out of business, correct?
0: Yeah, like, okay. basically corporate espionage or yeah. corporate sabotage, Okay, pretty much.
1: All right. Yeah. Uh, I-, I like it. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, you got to kind of... Look at it with your head crooked, but it's an interesting theory. Uh, corporate, you know, you and I, goddamn, ever since we were like 14 years old, we've been talking about, you gotta watch out for these fucking corporations, so I yeah. wouldn't put it past them.
0: Especially Best Buy. Yeah, especially yeah. Best Buy. Man, all the years <laughs> I- I realize, wo- I realize you're being facetious, but- Yes. I wouldn't
1: doubt it. Honestly. honestly. Well, here's the thing. All the years I worked for one, they went through fucking- yeah, I don't, I, uh, CEO is faster than, uh, what's Holyfield does, baby mamas. Like they were just coming <laughs> in and out, man. Just, I swear to God. Like they
0: were tissues just ripping them out of the box, left he, and right.
1: <laughs> dude, there'd be a new one. He'd be like, I'm going to change this company. Six months later, he'd be gone. And then there's a new guy. I'm going to change this company. And then he'd be It was, it was kind of pathetic at the end mm. there, but, uh,
0: Okay. They stayed long enough to take their settlement, basically, their <laughs> yeah. payout.
1: Yeah, just be the face. We're going to do some shady shit. Then we're going to have to fire you, and then we'll get a new schlappy in here. Um, so, okay, I how, do you, how are you feeling about this conspiracy?
0: Well, this conspiracy is a little bit of a stretch. However, I mean, when you, you kind of think about it, um, if this had been another MCAS malfunction on another Boeing Max 8 aircraft, that Chinese company Comac would most likely lose one of the the big worldwide competitors in the aviation industry Um, as the failure of the max program could actually spell the end for the Boeing company at large, Uh, already plagued by the recent groundings of the max eight fleet. And of course the downturn in air travel due to COVID-19 which is affecting all you know, aviation companies Uh, basically they would just be them left to fill the void uh, unless, you know, the Chinese government decided to go with Airbus. But why wouldn't they go with their own homegrown company, even if it is untested?
1: Yeah, you'd assume they would. Um, Yeah, I think I kind of agree with you there. It's a bit of a stretch. Uh, I do like it, though. It's a very clever conspiracy. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, kind of some of that, like the corporate, kind of like the corporate takeover, like the hostile You know, uh, sabotage. It kind of has a little bit of everything in it. Um, It is kind of a stretch, but I mean, really, it's 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 kind of hard to imagine. It had to be from what they were saying. um, they, They said it might be someone apparently also. I was reading that there was a security officer on that plane. So it most likely did not come from outside of the cockpit. They're saying it pretty much had to be um a possible like suicide from one of the pilots or you know something along that line really uh how do i feel about this whole thing i kind of i kind of actually like the you know kind of what the the official narrative is you know it kind of just happened from inside the cockpit and they sent it straight down so what do you feel about it how do you how do you think i mean i'm
1: you know after hearing last week and now this Um, I think I like that example too, that something happened to one of these people in the cockpit and then they just decided to take it down for some reason. Um, here's what I'm going to say. If we find out like this is the problem there and, uh, the guy last week from Malaysia airlines was that same ordeal. Like we need to start doing regular mental health checks on pilots just getting to throw that out there but um here's the question how would one of the pilots be able to disable the other two like would they have had to have a gun with them or you know what I mean like do they i because pilots do have a gun in the cockpit now
0: correct I don't I don't think they have a no I don't think they have a gun in the cockpit that's not a that's inside of an airplane is not where you'd be wanting to shoot a gun it's i I thought they like the American airlines they were
1: giving the pilots a gun of some
0: kind. Oh, I have no idea. I mean, I could see like maybe a taser or something like that. But no, I don't I don't think they were handing them guns. I don't think anyone gets a I don't know about I don't know about Chinese airlines or their flights, how, but how I we- do not think they're giving them guns.
1: But in your head, how is one of them disabling the other two unless it was two of them in on it and disabling one of them?
0: Oh, I have no idea. I mean, maybe it was the trainee, the young guy, maybe he somehow disabled the pilots, you know, and then kind of took over the plane. I honestly, I have no idea about it. You would think that not all three of the pilots could be in on, you know, trying to take down the plane. You'd think at least one of them would try to jump on the radio. Yeah. And, you know, call for help or something.
1: Yeah. I don't, God, I don't know. It's just so strange. Like, I'm going to assume the first officer who had a lot of flying hours must have been qu- an older man, um, and maybe the new guy was a younger kid, but still, yeah, I don't know. It, he'd have a hard time taking two of them out, I would assume. I, I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know what? It's it's very weird. If that is the case, that's super tragic, and like they need to start really doing something to pilots, like... Because I think firefighters and some police officers have to go through, like, regular... um, What do they call it? Mental health checks, right? Maybe even paramedics, too, to make sure yeah. they're still okay. Like, a yearly thing, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I imagine pilots have to go through... I mean, the flight control people, the people who kind of sit in front of those big screens, they have to go through that kind of stuff, too. So, it has to you think pilots would have to get that sort of kind of, you know, like therapy if they need it, you know, kind of like the mental health, the screenings, um, all of that stuff. I believe maybe in like 20 years, 10 years, these planes will just completely fly themselves. There yeah. won't even, you know, there might be some nerd behind a laptop sitting in there kind of deal. But I... <laughs> I, I bet it'll just be like cars. Here's Planes the, will probably drive themselves before most cars do, I imagine.
1: Here's the other thing I guess I should add, too, is even if they had these mental health screenings and checkups or whatever, um, obviously there's plenty of people who can hide it, or you know what I mean, and do something fucked up like this. So, But at least it would be something there. If someone was feeling a certain way, maybe they can uh stop them from doing something like this if that is the case but there is a lot of uh mystery here and I think like you said maybe as details come out more and more details they'll uh release more information on what they would happen because I imagine if they have a black box they must have heard a conversation between the pilots of some kind right
0: yeah I didn't uh I didn't read up on any, um hopefully that does come out like i said um basically all the stuff from the black box that just came out a couple of weeks ago this whole incident just happened like two months ago yeah so maybe maybe in like five years this whole you know the whole explanation for it might be completely different we have no idea
1: but what i'm saying is they probably heard something from the pilots but maybe they're not like letting people listen to it you know
0: oh yeah yeah Definitely. That could be possible, too. I would assume. Investigators are holding that back.
1: Yeah, maybe it's a little too early to be like, this dude suicided the plane, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, to to release that.
1: Yeah, I mean, they haven't even (laughs) officially said that about the Malaysian Airlines, and they're pretty sure that's probably what happened.
0: Yeah, who knows? They might not. I mean, it might be one of those things you have to read in a history book someday. Very true. Well... Uh Phil, let's uh let's start gearing
1: out of here. Uh, if anybody wants to give us their opinions on what they think happened to this, this flight here, where can they contact us at, Phil?
0: They can hit us up on our email, subliminal at gmail.com. Uh we love hearing from everybody. You know, it's great to hear all the, the great ideas and just everything, all the support you guys give us. Uh, thank you for that. Cody and I also have an Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, once again, thanks for all the support, all the likes and everything from that. Cody and I also have our own Instagrams. Mine is sdpodphil. Cody, you got one?
1: Yeah, you can follow me at Cody's above. Um, Just follow me. I don't use it too often, but I will reply to your messages. Uh, the last thing we need you guys to do is to log on to iTunes, leave the show a five-star review doesn't particularly matter what you say. Just preferably write anything in there. Hit the five star. Thank you to everybody who's taking the time to do that. If you're a Spotify listener, like most of the world, it is even easier. You just hit the five stars. You are physically unable to write anything. Five stars, submit. Real easy. Thank you to everybody who's done that. It definitely helps us reach a wider audience, which we greatly appreciate. Uh, Phil, beautiful episode. I love it. Back-to-back mysterious air crashes that do have... Quite a bit of similarities and technically are both unsolved still. Uh, Excellent episode, Phil. Thank you so much. Uh, Ed, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.